Hey, just left the store. I will be there shortly. Got something for you and the baby. So I will see you in a little bit. Yeah, put the beers in the freezer. And, uh, we'll have a good time. Shut the fuck up! Really? Was it worth it? Now he'll never make dinner, never again. And several people won't make it home. Texting, it can wait. No texting while driving. Brought to you by Road to Stardom Radio. Welcome, 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 they had the parade a few days ago, and it was a shootout at the parade. Twenty-two people were shot, one dead. The Kansas City Chiefs Parade. And that's crazy. We got to do something about this gun control. We really got to do something about gun control. Because every time we turn around, there's a shooting somewhere, be it a school shooting, or a cop shooting somebody, they had no gun on them. So, so the cops caught the suspect. When they thought they had the suspect, they so you know when the shooting happened, everybody scattered, and this one guy, he was you know the straggler, the one left behind. So the cops grab him, put handcuffs on him, so they assume he must be the suspect, right? Turns out the guy wasn't the suspect. He made the, so his, the cops handcuffed him. He's sitting on the ground. You know the news. You know when the news comes, they take the pictures. They put out an article. Some the news put out an article saying this guy was the suspect. Come to find out, he wasn't the suspect that the cop took him around. The cop said, let's do this. They uh, they unhandcuffed him, took him around the building and let him go. Right? Once they realized he wasn't the suspect. All because of his name sounds like a Muslim. He has a Muslim-sounding name. So that's why, you know, they assume they assume he was a Muslim and, you know, there's just some type of terrorist type of thing. You know? And what's sad in this situation is that the new that the police did not retract the story that the news put out there, that the newspaper put out there that, that he was a suspect. Say, oh, he was, yes, we had, yes, we arrested him, but he's not the suspect. They didn't. They just left that narrative out there that he was a suspect, all because he's a black person with a Muslim-sounding name. 
And that's terrible. That's terrible. You know what I'm saying? Just even though you're not the suspect, just for that narrative to be out there, now when people see you, they're going to look at you like you're the suspect when you're not. You know, this is crazy. I, he he needs to, to sue the police department because, one, if, if you're taking somebody, you normally, the, you know, the cops say, well, we're going to take you in for questioning. They don't never really, like, if they're questioning you, they don't put handcuffs on you, you know. So I hope he I hope he gets a good attorney and sues the police department. And get what he's just doing because for that narrative to be out there, for your picture to be plastered in the paper the next day talking about your you could be possibly the suspect and the police don't correct it. Because they want that narrative out there that it's a black person. Even if a black person didn't do it, just to have that narrative out there that it's a black person, you know, nobody would assume it's a white person. What would a white person need to shoot up at the parade for? But why would a black person, Why would what would be his reason for shooting up the parade? And you know it was children there, majority of the people there were children. You know, if, if people have something mentally wrong with them that they haven't dealt with, and it's getting to the point that they're taking their issues out on innocent people. Yep. What's up, Six? What's up, bro? Is this Six and Road or is this Road Show? Which one is it? I don't know. Which this show is Six and Road, but lately it's just been Road. Okay, I mean, last time I called in, some heartthrob from the 80s. Who the hell is that? That's uh, just somebody who calls in. <laughs> Ain't no heartthrob for no 80s show. Um, I mean, that's. The last couple of shows, and I said, well, did she get a new, you know. Anyway, this is Six Eyes. I'm here. So, yeah, um, that's that's what's been going on in Kansas City as of lately. Yeah. And and, and I was thinking. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So, right, in this situation, I was thinking. You know, she's one. What if, what if the schools are taking the kids to the parade as like a school field trip? You remember those when the schools say, oh, we're going to the museum as a school field trip. You got to get your parents to sign the permission slip so that you can go and make sure you bring a bag lunch so that you can have lunch when we're at the museum. So I, I was, you know, when I heard this story, I was thinking that when they said kids were involved, I was thinking of that of of it that way that the schools were taking you know schools were taking the kids as a school field trip to the parade, and then to hear that they were 
you know, the shot at, and even though it was a dope shot at too, but you're shooting, it's like you're shooting for what? It should never get that serious. I mean, in sports, there's a winner, there's a loser. Somebody got to win, somebody got to lose. And if you're that upset about your team losing, that you have to shoot up a parade, I mean, that's just, that's ridiculous. I mean, it should never get that serious to where you get that angry that you want to shoot up the winning team because your team lost, you know. And luckily, it was just only one life lost. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. That's why. That's why we said condolences to the family of mm-hmm. the life lost, and you know, speedy recovery for the ones who were injured. I mean, it never should have got to that point. No. You know, but here we are. It and it's, this is, and then something like this just happened. Um, I think something else happened uh, for for a sporting event where they were. Um, think I don't know if it was the, for the All Star game or some, I can't remember what sport, but I know another situation happened because of a sport where people were acting up. Because remember years ago, well, there's oh, whenever there's football, let me see. Football, NFL football, college football, these fans get ridiculous because I think when Philly won, when Philly won the Super Bowl that year, the fans were tossing cars over, setting stuff on fire, and and they and nobody really was talking about it or calling these people crazy or whatever, but when black people do something, oh, here they go. Want to talk bad about us, but they don't talk bad about when their people do this, doing sport, and they only do it when it's a sporting event. Mm -hmm. That's the crazy thing. Like, you want to set somebody's fire, because because, because everybody is gathered, everybody is gathered, you know, and it's it's time for people to be ignorant and flip cars over and burn cars, you know, and it's just it's it's unnecessary. Yeah, it really is unnecessary. And there was. So there, there's a story. Now it's a fifty. If if this was a novel, this story would be a fifty-page novel. But this is in video form of a woman telling telling her story, and the story is called. Who the fuck did I marry? In telling her story, it wound up being 50 videos. Now, this is only on, this was only posted to TikTok, so if you have TikTok, 
you can go check out this woman. Her name is Risa Tisa, and she posted these 50 videos telling her story about the person she married. Now, now you know when a person is telling their story, they are going to switch up. You know when you read a story, if it's true to life, people change the names of the people who's involved in the story, including their own. Even though they're telling you the mm-hmm. story, you but for for book purposes, everybody's name is changed. Well, the guy she married, she calls him Legion. So you know what a Legion is. She calls him Legion. So now she done shared a fifty part series of who the fuck I married. And someone after her telling her story, went and looked up who this person is that she called Legion and wound up putting his information on the Internet. The reason why she named him Legion is because she wasn't going to tell you his real name or who he is. You know what the word Legion means. You know the definition. So that right there should tell you what type of person he is not for you to go searching through the Internet to find this person in and then put out their information. This this happened to her years ago. They are no longer together. They are no longer married. So it happened years ago, but she's sharing her story now because, you know, other people may have went through the same thing she went through. I haven't watched not one of her videos, but I keep coming across to my TikTok of people who have watched it, who given their own commentary, and who have said that someone docks this man's information so that we, the knowing public who watched her videos, listen to her tell her story, to know who who he is. And for those who don't know what doxing is, doxing is when someone takes your your private information and make it public to the world. And this is why when you hear people say, well, I've been getting death threats, it's because somebody put their information out there. And people take their information, they call this person up, or they send them DMs through social media, send them email and harass them about because of what they did or what they didn't do. You listen to her. See, this is the thing. Even though it's a 50-part series on TikTok, you only listen to her side of the story. You haven't heard his side. Not saying that what she told people in the 50-part series of of what happened to her is not to be validated, but you only heard her side. You haven't even heard his side to make a concise decision about this person. And everybody who's there's been popping up on my TikTok says she's a good storyteller, but you only get in one side and. And sometimes you really need to hear both sides of the story because 
People like to omit. People like to omit some things from the story. So you're not getting the full context of the story, and then you're taking that person's side who's telling the story, and and then when you hear the other side, you're like, oh, she didn't say that part, or she didn't say that part. Yeah, because she's gonna make it her story. Telling her story, her way is going to make her look good and make him look bad. But when when he tells his side, it may, may not be as bad as she's making it seem. Because so we don't know his side. We only know our side. And like I said, it may not be as bad as she's making it. But when people were discussing her story, they said she met this man through a dating app, through Tinder. Through a dating, I don't know if it's exactly Tinder, but through a dating app like Tinder. So, but she didn't say, well, go out and find his information and put it out there for the world to know exactly who this man is. They were together years ago. They're no longer together. All she's doing is telling you a story. Be it that it was 50 videos that you had to watch to get the full story, but that's what she was doing, telling her story. She didn't say after each video, now go search the Internet for who this man is if you want to know, and then put his information out there. Some woman, Some woman went and did that. Because of this woman telling her story, and and you don't and see by you doing that, you're affecting his current life. When you go and put people's information out, dox people and put their information out there, or for someone telling a story, you're affecting their current life. He could be remarried with children. And because of this woman's story, even though she didn't mention any names, now that you know who Legion is, now it's going to affect his current life, his children, his wife. But you felt it was okay to take this man's and it could affect his job situation. You understand what I'm saying? It could affect his job situation where he loses his job, not how he's going to support his family. Because you took it upon yourself to go search who this legion person is that she kept calling him in the video. And when you found out who exactly who he is, you put it, now you're affecting his current life. Now, I'm not saying that it's, you know, but you never know with these jobs. People lose their job for any little old thing. And I would hate for because of this situation, that this man loses his job. And this and what happened to her happened years ago. She is just now letting it out as a form. Because, you know, you tell your story, you let it out. It's a form of therapy for you. It's a form of, it could have been a form, her letting it out could have been a form of therapy for her. And but you took it a step further, which she didn't ask you to. You put this man's information out there. Now people 
are probably going to take his information, call him, harass him, all because of a 50-video story that someone told without mentioning his name. But she want to mention his name. Ain't that crazy, Six? Yeah, it is. Here's another. Here's yep, another. That's here's another one for you. So the girl gets on going to dating not Tinder, and she swipes right on a picture of a guy. And you know, some people, you know, don't really they look. You know, you look at the picture, but you don't really examine the picture. So she swipes right, they match, and she was sending him, she was about to send him a message she wanted to, you know, so they could, you know, go out on the date. You know, swipe right, get to know each other, go on a date, whatever. And so she really looked at the picture and said, we kind of look alike. Come to find out, the dude she swiped right on is her brother. The dude she's uh, brother, father, and when it <clears throat> come to find out, they found out they were related. Wow. They were related. She was about to go out on a date with her own, with her brother, not knowing. That was her brother until, because, you know, some people like to have shades on in their pictures so you really can't see all of their face. <clears throat> but when she saw all of it, she was like, wait a minute, we kind of look alike. You come to find out they related. You know, if your parent was a rolling stone, you got all these kids out here that you don't know about, but you find out about later in life, but you don't know what they look like because they don't look like you because you may have, you know, your genes may come from your mom, so you may look more like your mom than you do your dad. And the same thing with, with your siblings. They may look like more like their mom than dad. So you're not going to know if this is your sibling or not. If you come across, if you're on a dating app and you swipe and right on a picture not knowing until – not knowing, and this, this, I'm glad they found out before anything went any further, because I would hate for things to have went further, and things like, and everything they hit it off, and they wound up sleeping with each other, and then after they slept with each other, find out they're brother and sister. Yeah. Hmm. There was something else I came up with. Go ahead. Huh? 
No, I was going to say there was something else I came across. I can't remember it, though. You said you what? Say it again. There was something else like to talk about that I came across, but I can't remember it for some reason. Well, we, we let's talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. Which it was a great show. I can honestly say it was a great show because Usher brought ATL to Vegas. And what's what's good about it is Usher did an interview recently with the Breakfast Club, and they talked about the halftime show. And he said he dropped nuggets in the halftime show. And the nuggets were... Uh So, and parts of it, he gave them Michael Jackson, right? Michael Jackson, Jackson 5. Parts of it, he gave Teddy P. He gave a little uh-huh. Teddy P. Um, who else he said? Uh, like, a little bit of Marvin. So, like, when you look at it, now when you, if you go back and look at it, if we, if we check out his interview in the Breakfast Club, and then you go back and watch his halftime show, you're going to see those people he mentioned in his performance. Okay. But you got paid. He said you got to pay, you know, you got to pay tribute to our legends, got to take care of our legends. You know, like they do with Dream Champs. That's why they created Nori, created Dream Champs, is because after 10 years of being in the business, they say, oh, you washed up. So he, he created Dream Champs so that the legends can get their flowers. Uh-huh. And And... And Usher, and, you know, they write because this thing of all when when hip-hop started. When hip-hop started, it started with a DJ playing music, and he would talk over the mic. Then uh-huh. it turned into the right. The rapper now stepping on stage and rapping over the music that the DJ was playing. Right? And that's how the the genre rap started. Pop is the culture. There's five there's four to five elements of hip hop. Right? But the main four is the fashion, rap, graffiti, break dancing. Those are the four elements, main elements that make up what you fade away. Right? That's what makes up what hip hop is. And and I've said this a lot of times on doing radio that you need to know your hip-hop history. 
your your rap history, hip hop history, whatever you want to call it. If you want to be in this business as a rapper, you need to know your history of it, how it got started, who was the first rapper to ever get a record deal. All you got, you need to know all that stuff. And just because that rapper who started hip started the, the genre of rap maybe in their fifties or sixties now don't mean they washed up. They're not washed up because if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. You wouldn't be making your millions of dollars off of brand deals because you're a dope hip hop, you're a dope rapper. Those legends paved the way for you to have the career you are having now. The same thing when it comes to singers. You need to know your history because those are the ones who paved the way for you to have the career you're having now. See, the artists from back then had to go through the chitlin circuit. If you don't know what the Chitlin circuit is, yeah, you don't know your history. That's when it, the yeah, Chitlin circuit is, is when they. So the Chitlin circuit is when they play different events uh, for low pay, low pay, and that's all they could afford at the time. the The promoters didn't want to pay the artists what they were worth, so basically they gave them what they felt they were worth. And oftentimes they were underpaid, so that's what the Titland circuit was. Ray Charles went through that, and not just that. They also, when these artists were paid to perform at certain clubs, they had to go through the back door, and most of the time they had to go through the kitchen in order to come into the club to perform because. They were black artists. We were dealing with a whole lot of racism, segregation, and all that. That they made them come through the kitchen. If it was like a restaurant, they were performing at. If it was a club, they had to come to the back door. And they would leave. Once they performed, they would have to leave the same way they came in there. So how they would leave. There was no dressing room unless depending on where they performed, there was no dressing room. You had to come in your performance outfit. If you listen to Patty LaBelle share some stories, she said that they didn't have money like that. And she, what she would do is she would have a hot plate and she would cook everybody who was on the bill, she would cook them food in the back using a hot plate. And that's how she was known for her cooking, because that's what she would do. Her and the Bluebells, when she was Tyler Bell and the Bluebells, when she was LaBelle, when they were LaBelle, she would, they performed. She'd be, after they performed, she'd be backstage with that hot plate, cooking cooking up a meal. And they would only buy, the, buy what they could afford to buy, and she would make a meal out of it. Because remember, back in those times, they had whites only, blacks only. So if it said whites only, you couldn't drink from the water fountain. 
If it said wipes only, you couldn't use the bathroom. Okay, how badly you had to use the bathroom. If it said wipes only, you couldn't go in there and use the bathroom. If you went in there and used the bathroom, you would be in trouble. And a lot of these artists who paved the way, like Six said, were underpaid. There's some there's some artists if you go and dig in the archives that would say that in some cases they would never get paid. Like the promoter will book them, make all this money, and then will not pay them their money. They would not get paid their money. You can work. You can work a show, and they say, "Oh, we're gonna pay you a, we're gonna pay you one hundred and fifty dollars." And you say, "Okay, I'll do the show." Hey, you need the money, right? And you would do give them a good show, and the person was like, "Well, we didn't really make no money, so we can't we can't pay you when they really made money." And this is why when for you party promoters. Or you, or you promote it out there, if you promote parties, whatever, that when you book a venue for your party, you tell the owner that you want to make money from it, so you tell them you want the door, and then you want a percentage of the bar because that's where the most money is made. The bar is where the most money is made. So, because just think, right, some places, like comedy clubs, some comedy clubs have a two-drink minimum. Yep. Even though you pay whatever the price is to get in to see whatever comedian, table you sitting at, there's a two-drink minimum. Right? You have to buy two drinks to stay seated at that table. Because some, some clubs don't charge, may not charge you to come in, but they do a two. If you want to sit at this table, there's a two drink minimum. You have to buy two drinks. Even if you buy yourself. And they know people are going to drink. And if, if they know people are going to get hungry and want to order food. So not only if they're making money off of cocktails, they're making money off of food too. And if not that many people show up, you're not really making a lot at the door. Because a lot of these clubs, well, back in the day when I used to go to clubs, we used to go because it's a ladies' free before 11. So that saves you money in your pocket to pay to get into the club, and all you got to do that money, <coughs> excuse me, y'all, that money that you was going to use to pay to get in, now you can use towards buying you a drink. I remember one club we went to, they were charged, like, maybe back then it was like maybe five, ten dollars to get in, but you would get it, so let's say it was ten to get in, right? You pay the ten and they would give you a drink ticket. And that ticket will get you one drink. So it's like you pay five 
to get in, and that other five is used for your drink. So you get a drink. With the drink ticket, you get the bartender's drink ticket, and you tell them what drink you want, and you tell them what you want, and they'll tell you if that drink is covered under that drink ticket. So, yeah. You know, we as as African Americans or or whatever you black black people, whatever you call yourself, we need to know our history, be it be it general history, music history, we need to know it all. We need to know it all. Because you see they're trying to stop us from telling our history. And sharing our history. You see, six, everybody's in the uproar now because Beyonce dropped two country songs right after the Super Bowl. Right after Usher did his halftime show, they showed the commercial with Beyonce. And at that time, they showed the commercial, she dropped two country songs. One is called Texas Hold'em, the other one is called 16 Carriages. Now, and the white people are in an uproar because she dropped two country songs. Because they feel she's trying to sell their genre. But what they don't know, this is why I say you need to know your history, your musical history, because black people started country. You know the guitar, you know the banjo that they use and most country songs was created by us as well. And it was created because the Africans that were took from Africa, they had a guitar that resembled a banjo, but that's not what it was called. And they built a banjo off a memory of what the guitar back in Africa looked like. And guess who took that from us? The banjo. We didn't name it the banjo. They named it banjo. So now, even though we created it, is now their now it's considered their instrument. Yep. And there were there was in a small town in I forgot what state. There's a small town. They called into the station and requested the Beyonce song, and the station was like, well, we don't have it. And because they're in a small town, you know, they're a small station, they don't get a lot of the music that the big stations get because they're a small station. You understand what I'm saying? So... Not that they didn't want to play it. They didn't have it because they're a small station. But they wound up getting it, and now they're playing it. There was another station that is the actual country station. They, you know, the Beyonce fans called and said they wanted to hear the song. And they didn't, they didn't want to play it. But them fans, they kept calling and kept calling. And they weren't. Now they now they're playing it. I tell you, these fans of these artists, 
I, I can dig some of them, but not all of them. Not all. Because as soon as she dropped those two songs, they wound up being number one on on the charts on iTunes. Back to back. One was no, I don't know which, it was like one was number one, the other one was number two. That's how strong her fans were. And I'm sure this those two songs are are building on are building up on the chart on the billboard charts of the country. Let me see if I can look it up and see where it's at on the country on the country charts list to see where it's at. Let's see if I can see where it's at on the list. And there are some black country artists out there. And they've been out there. It's just that they're not getting the recognition that they should be getting. And the only reason why Beyonce is getting it because of who she is, Beyonce. <laughs> Let's see, country, oops. Okay, let's see. So, Apple Music UK, Texas Hold'em, the Beyonce song, is at number one. Now I'm in Billboard. It's a hot country song. Uh, okay, her song. Let's see here. Okay, let's see here. I'm trying to see here. Let's see here. Okay. I'm looking for Beyonce's name. But I think it's out of one hundred. The chart is out of one hundred. So I'm trying to I'm trying to find her name on on the list. See where she where her song is at on the list. Let's see here. Oh no, this this okay. We got this is the top fifty. Let's see. So let's see here. Let's see here. I'm trying to see where. Okay, let's see. What was that? I'm trying to. Okay, let's see here. 
I'm trying to see what number Beyonce is on the country chart. But knowing them, knowing the people, they might not even add her to the country chart. I'm trying to let's see here. Billboard 200. I just had the country charts up, but it was showing me only 50. And it's entertainment business. It's a rough business. Yeah, because you, you, if you want to get in this business, you need to know the business. <laughs> it ain't about you. It ain't just about your talent. You need to know the business. Yep, so, so, so true. You know, everybody wants to be in show business, and all they want to do is show and not know the business. Mm-hmm. So here we go. You got the hot country songs. So number one on this list is Zach Bryan featuring Casey Musgrave. That's the song is called the Magic, and that's number one. But I'm trying to see where uh see if Beyonce is on this list. And so far Scrolling through these, this list, I haven't seen her name. Because remember, we had this thing, this issue with Lil Nas, Lil Nas X when he dropped Old Town Road with Billy Ray Cyrus. He was on the country charts, and then they took him off, trying to say the song was a country. And then he got put back on there because Billy Ray Cyrus, Billy Ray Cyrus advocated for him and said, this is country. And as I'm looking through this country list, I didn't see now, I didn't see now any of Beyonce's songs as I look through that list. I didn't see now one Beyonce song. Now, one Beyonce song. That, let me... You can't find the, the country song? No. Hmm. 
That's crazy. So, I'm, so definitely so it's So this is what Billboard. Here we go. I'm gonna click on this. So this is Billboard's article about Beyonce's country songs. It says Beyonce's Texas Holding debuts at number one on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart. Says pop and R&B slash hip hop superstar Beyonce makes a debut on Billboard streaming, airplay, and sales based hot country songs. Dated okay, this was the twenty fourth. It says dated. I'm saying this is dated February twenty fourth. I don't know how, but. With her first two entries on the survey, Texas Hold'em at number one and 16 Carriages at number nine, as previously reported, the songs start at numbers two and 38, respectively, on all genres, Billboard Hot 100. Both tracks were released released February 11th. As announced in a variety of commercials that aired during CBS broadcast of Super Bowl, Ahead of the March 29th arrival, arrival of Beyonce's album, expected to be titled Act 2, which follows her 2022 Renaissance LP. Texas Holder drew, so drew 19.2 million official streams and 4.8 million in all format airplay. Audience has sold 39,000 in the U.S. to February. 15, according to Luminate. 16 carriages rise in with 10.3 million streams, 90,000 in radio reach, and 14,000 sold. Notably, the Hot Country songs, Coronation of Texas Holding Grants, Beyonce number one on seven of Billboard's multi-metric song charts, and... As a solo artist, the Hot 100, Hot Country Songs, Hot Dance Slash Electric Songs, Hot Gospel Songs, Hot Latin Songs, Hot R&B Songs, Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs. She's the only act to have notched number one on that combination of rankings. Only Justin Bieber has led more hybrid song charts. Eight among Billboard's menu of 14 set surveys. Having ruled the Hot 100, Hot Country Songs, Hot Dance Electronic Songs, the Holiday 100, Hot Latin Songs, Hot Rap Songs, Hot R&B Songs, and Hot Hip Hop Slash Hot R&B Slash Hip Hop Songs. So it says it says she ranked number one, but when I go to look at the recent chart, her song is not number one. And then it says, plus, Beyonce makes history as the first woman to have top both hot country songs and hot R&B slash hip-hop songs since the list began as as all-encompassing genre song charts in October of 1958. Overall, she joins Morgan Wallen, Bieber, Billy Ray Cyrus, and Ray Charles as the only acts that have led both charts. Beyonce first appeared on Billboard's ranking in 1997 as a member of Destiny's Child. The group notched four number ones on the Hot 100 and two on the Billboard 200. Beginning in 1999, 
As a soloist, she has scored eight and seven leaders on the respective chart starting in 2003. Texas Holden is officially being promoted to country radio, as announced in a Columbia National email to stations February 14th at 11 a.m., among other formats and bows as Beyonce's first entry on Billboard's country airplay chart, with 1.1 million audience impressions at the format. It says, we put the Beyonce, we put the Beyonce directly, huh? we put the Beyonce directly into a strong rotation so it can be heard. I want the station to sound as interesting as possible because the opposite is boring, says Dave Parker, program director of St. Clair's Wash, Norfolk VA, for WUSH in Norfolk, Virginia. <coughs> um, it says, this song is sounding great. It doesn't sound like anything else. Plus, the feedback from listeners has been very positive. Texas Hold'em also began at number 38 on the Pop Airplay chart, while additionally joined play at Adult Pop Rhythmic, Adult R&B, and Mainstream R&B slash hip-hop format. The chart concurrently begins at number one on country digital song sales, where it's Beyonce's first leader. It also crowns the all-genre digital song sales server becoming her 11th chart topper. Texas Holden is the 16th song to open in Hot Country Songs Penthouse and the first since Zach Bryan's I Remember Everything, featuring Casey Musgrave, in September. The latter sees the summit at after 20 weeks at number one. Among solo women with no accompanying artists, also, okay, no accompanying artists, all, only Beyonce and Taylor Swift have launched atop the chart, with Swift having achieved the feat with Love Story, Taylor's version, and All Too Well, Taylor's version in 2021. Meanwhile, Texas Holden is the first hot country song leader to name check a state Staples is Tennessee, Tennessee whiskey was led for two weeks in 2015 among women before Houston born Beyonce Jamie O'Neill last shouted out a state in the title of a number one song when there is no Arizona led in 2001 as for the biggest state in the continental U.S. until this week it last appeared in the name of a leader on the list thanks to Texas Tornado by Tracy Lawrence in other 
black country artists, but they're not getting the shines as like a like a Beyonce would. But when you, I, I want people out there who's listening. I want you to go to whatever platform you stream your music and you digitally download music. I want you to go check out these black country artists. We got Jimmy Allen. We got Beyonce in the mix. You already know that. We have um, Raina, Raina Roberts. That's another one. We got... uh, Nikki Guyton, that's that's another one. We got Brennan. As far as guys go in country, we got Brennan. Um, I can't think if you if you have Spotify, Spotify has a playlist of all black country artists that you can listen to. I don't know about Apple because I don't. Stream through Apple, I stream through Spotify, and Spotify has a playlist of black country artists. You faded away. Come back to the phone. Um, I'm sure that if you go if you go to Spotify, um, you can listen to those, and if you like them, you know, hard it. It'll go in, in your library, or you can create your own country playlist through these country artists. But we need to show our black country artists some love. I know you say to yourself, well, I don't listen to country. Well, you're listening to it now because of Beyonce. K. Michelle also is in the country genre, but she was never allowed to be in the country genre. They told her when she got her deal that, no, you can't do country right now. We want you to do R&B. That's why she did R&B. And then they said, you give us this many hours in R&B, we'll let you do country. Now she's finally doing, she's been doing country, but she's finally went out in the forefront that we know that she's doing country and finally out there. And Kami Show has that voice for country. Even though she sang R&B and sang some great R&B songs, she do has that voice for country. Even T-Pain said he wrote for a lot of country artists. You know, it was so much racism, racism in it that he was like, don't even put my name on it, just, you know, just send me my check because he don't, he he doesn't do it anymore because there was racism in it for him. Not saying everybody experienced that, but he experienced racism within that genre, and this is a genre we started. <laughs> so there's a lot of country songs that are out that's out there that was written by T Pain. You just have to go and search. And, you know, because back in the day when, when music would come out, we would buy the album, we look at the liner notes to get either to get the lyric, see who wrote what, and see who wrote what song, 
who produced it. If you are produ- the person who wants to be a producer, you know, when you buy, when you listen to these songs, look at who produced it. Because you'll be shocked to see names that produce certain songs that you wouldn't think, like, wow. I wouldn't think T-Pain, even though T-Pain is a good producer, you wouldn't think of him as a country writer or producer. You wouldn't think of him as, as that. You know, but, you know, check it out. You'd be surprised. Now, a lot of these country songs being sang, you think somebody who's efficient in writing country, nope. It could be somebody like T-Pain writing a country hit, and you wouldn't even know it. Because he's not used, because most, even though these artists have stage names, when they're writing, they don't use their stage name. They use their real government name. <laughs> so there are songs like that Missy Elliott has written for a lot of people, but she goes by her real name. But still and all, you wouldn't know it because that she's written and produced, you wouldn't know it until she says something or the artist says, oh, Missy wrote that for me. But you wouldn't know. So, yeah. Well, congratulations to Beyonce to get number one in the country chart. But we do have to support our other black country artists, not just Beyonce. What are you doing over there? I'm looking for something else for us to talk about. For the new country artists, y'all love y'all some Kane Brown. Kane Brown is one of us. His skin tone may not make you think that he's black, but Kane Brown is black. I hate to spoil it for some of you country artists who love you so Kane Brown and not knowing he's black. Well, Kane Brown is black. So, just want to put that out there. So, how's your show been going? Which one? How's your show, My Daddy's Records, been going? Oh, my daddy's record's been going great, and you can check that out every Friday at 6 p.m. 515-605-9340, my daddy's record. That's a show that I gave in honor of my father who passed away. And you remember I always tried to get Papa Six Eyes to do a Papa Six Eyes jazz hour on Thursday. And remember, he always got laryngitis. I'm like, okay, well, why is he... Why is he talking good? And then 8.55, he loses his voice. Yeah, but uh, My Daddy's Records is doing good. Also, I added My Daddy and Mama's Remote because um, sometimes we'll watch movies that they used to like to watch. 
So um, you never know what you're going to get. But either way, it's going to be great. But, yeah, but the uh, show's going good. Um, last Friday, there wasn't my daddy's record, but there was my daddy's remote um, here in Ohio 12 years ago. There was a couple, Timothy Russell and Melissa Williams, and they had an older car. And I don't know if you ever had those cars where sometimes it, like, backfires and it sounds like a gun. Uh-huh. Well, this is the type of car that Timothy Russell and Melissa Williams had. And one of the police thought, they were shooting at at them. So that entailed a sixty dollar a sixty car chase through the city of Cleveland. Sixty police cars chasing this one car. And it didn't end well because they were shot over hundred and thirty seven times. One of the people even got on the hood of the car and shot into the car. But he tells he was fearing for his life. Well, if you're fearing for your life, that's being pretty courageous, standing on the hood of the car shooting in there. You know. So if you get a chance, watch 137 shots, and it'll all make sense to you. Also, Tamir Rice would be 24 years old. So we want to say happy heavenly birthday to Tamir Rice. Another senseless shooting, playing with a gun in a park or, or recreation uh, uh, place. You know, none of these people got to definitely to marry that you never know what he could have become because his life was cut down. Yep. All because someone called 911 and said they saw a person with a gun, and they said it might be a toy gun, but you know how it was related to the police. Someone's in the park with a gun. Not a toy, that it might be a toy gun. Somebody's in the park with a gun, and when they get there, they see the little kid, what looks like to be a gun, and the cops, it was like one second getting out the car, shot him. And then when they, isn't this the cop where they brought up his history and said that another police department wouldn't hire him because of mental issues? And he wound up getting a job there. If his, if his, if the cop is being reviewed, and if, and the police station says we're not hiring him because of mental issues, that should tell you you shouldn't hire him either. You hired him because you probably, I get it, a lot of these police forces, police forces uh, might be understaffed and they need police, so they just hire anybody. They don't care if their, their record says they have mental, some type of mental issue. They... Like we need police officers or I'm gonna take no. (laughs) 
a lot of these cops, you know, being a cop is a stressful job, and I understand that. But if you have some type of mental issue and you're on duty, you're trying to de-escalate the situation, not escalate the situation, Tamir Rice and all these innocent people who've been shot by police, they didn't need to die. They did not need to die. These cops need to be retrained. Now I remember, since we, you worked Tamir Rice, now I remember what I wanted to talk about. So I've seen the video clip. Okay. Now okay. you're not going to like this fix. So the the guy's girlfriend So the guy takes the girl's car, right? Uh-huh. He brings it back, but she but before he comes back she calls the police, right? He comes back with the car. The police, you know, they detain they 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 handcuff him, put him in the squad car. Now he's sitting in the back of the squad car. So the cop is walking towards the car, towards the squad car. He hears the sound. And now his his body cam is on. This is where the footage is coming from, his body cam. His body cam is on, and he hears a sound, and it hits the the top of the police car. He yells, shots fired, shots fired, and starts shooting into the squad car. His, the partner that was there with him following suit, because he's yelling, shots fired, shots fired. The guy who's in the back didn't get hit by any bullets because you know some of these, you know, some of these cop cars might be, you know, saying bullet, you could say what, bulletproof. But we, we not, we not for sure that they are. But in this case, we want to say it was bulletproof because the guy that was handcuffed in the back seat was never hit with a bullet. But what had happened was, so you know when the squirrels are in the tree, they may drop an acorn, right? So the acorn, basically whatever is in the tree, the squirrel knocked it and it hit the top of the police car. And so he hears the sound, and this fool, this fool thinks it's gunshots and yells, shots fired, shots fired, and he shoots at the squad car. If I'm sitting in the back of the squad car and I'm handcuffed, how am I shooting at you? And come to find out, the cop who did this was a rookie, and he designed Oh, wow. Wow. Because you know they do an investigation. 
So this guy is in the back seat, handcuffed, how he's able to, they patted him down six twice and asked him if he had any weapons. He said no. And they knew this man didn't have no weapons. But you hear a sound coming that that hit you hear a sound and you hear shots fired and sprayed bullets into the squad car. Knowing this man ain't got no and you know this man ain't got no weapon. <clears throat> now if this man would have got hit by a bullet and died, how is this cop gonna explain? This man being dead in handcuffs. And you yelling, shots fired, shots fired. Because when they show the footage, as he's aiming towards, he almost tripped. Because he's, he's, he's yelling, shots fired. So as he's trying to get to near the squad car, he almost tripped. And you see that part through the body cam footage. The body cam footage caught everything. And they were saying that they think he quit. He resigned so that before they fire him so that he can still get benefits. Not that he's going to still get paid. He just, you know, his he can still get his benefits. Yep. I'm like, but the dude is in the back seat handcuffs. How is he shooting out two handcuffs? Uh, How is anyone handcuffs going to be able to shoot or be able to attack you in any kind of way? To me, that don't make yeah. any kind of sense. And I hope dude that was handcuffed to the police department because you tried to take this man's life to the officer involved and the police department. The other officer I think was a female officer. She still she still she still works for the police department. She didn't get in trouble because she was following suit of what because he's yelling shots fired so she's thinking, Oh, my partner's being attacked. So she's only following suit, shooting at the car because he is saying shots fired, shots fired. Yep. And here's for the ladies. This is one you're not for the ladies. Men, you're not going to like this either, but woman was pulled over by police. She's getting, now you know when it comes to searching, there's always supposed to be, if it's a woman and they need to search her, there's supposed to be a female cop there to do the search. There was two male cops there that pulled this lady over. And she's being searched by the male cop. And the male cop is touching her inappropriately as he is searching her. And the other cop was like, yo, what are you doing? The other cop caught him and stopped him from what he was doing, but he was searching her inappropriately. That's why they say 
if a female needs to be searched, you should always have a female cop there to do the search. So I hope, because I I hope she I hope she sues for him touching her inappropriately. He touched her breast. What you say? So the cop, you know, when the cop has to search you. They always, if it's a male, they always have a male cop searching the male. And if it's a, female, a female, they always have a female cop searching the female. Well, this right. cop took it upon himself to search this woman, and he searched her inappropriately. So you know when the female oh. cop, when the female cop touches you, you know they go under. Because, you know, women have a bra on, so they got to go under to make sure ain't nothing in your bra. So he touched her breast. Then when he got to her lower region, he put his hand between her legs and rubbed her private part. And he was, and he said, oh. and then the other cop saw what he was doing, and was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And made him stop. But this is all caught on body cam footage or dash cam footage from the cop car, and I think they were on the highway. Stopped the car while they were driving on the highway. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot of. A lot of police stations are going to be having lawsuits. One, you touching this lady inappropriately while doing the search. What what city was that? The squad car, when no one was shooting at you, you could have killed the person in the squad car. You're arresting people who have nothing to do with what the crime, nothing to do with the crime that was committed. Yeah. Yeah, it's just unfortunate events. Yep. A lot of people going. Mm. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, for, how is how is Jaden and uh um uh, what's the little princess name? Jada and Jaden. Jada and Jaden, how they doing? They're good. Good. That's crazy. Jaden is eight years old. I remember when he was a baby. Who's eight years old? Jaden. Jaden is ten, not eight. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. This year he will be 11 years old. Wow. You see how time flies? <laughs> wow. Yeah, for the listeners, uh, Jaden had an iPad before I had an iPad. Yeah. Well, I won't be. I said 11 iPad. years old. <laughs> Well, you don't. Well, you go get one tomorrow. Nope. Okay. Well, you can afford one. No, you can I afford cannot. it. Huh? No, I cannot. 
or a wedding and we need a bartender. Like last year, we had my niece's baby shower and the venue where we had the baby shower at, they had a bartender, a traveling bartender there. Somebody who's looking to start a new career path and you can make excellent drinks, you can be a traveling bartender. And, you know, you can put yourself out there to venues who don't normally have their own. So so you can go to venues that normally don't have their own bartender and say, hey, if you ever have a baby shower, birthday party, you need a bartender, I'm a traveling bartender. I can come to, to, to your event and bartend. Yep. The the venue, will, whatever fee they will charge a bartender, the venue will pay that. Of course, the venue will pay that person who's the traveling bartender. And also, the bar, all the bartenders can make their money by people giving tips. And if you don't have cash, if you're a person who doesn't carry cash, you know, I'm sure that they will have uh, PayPal or Cash App or Venmo, one of those apps where you can send them a tip. Because I'm sure not only were people giving him cash as a tip, they were also cash shopping him as well. So I'm sure he's made into the hundreds on tips alone. You know that? Like I said, you know what I'm saying? And this is just somebody who, who knows how to make good drinks. that you can make money off of that. If you're a person who likes to cook, you can get into the catering business. You can get into the catering business. And, you know, people could hire you for the event to make the food for the event. But you have to... So when you announce that you're a caterer, you know, you got to... You know, people have never tried your food, so this is what I suggest you do is you, you you have your menu, right? So you say, okay, let's say chicken, right? You do chicken, and then you have your sides, which is collard greens, mac and cheese. You could do, let's say, cab. you might have cabbage. Like, black people, we like black eyed peas and rice and all that stuff. But, you know, size, whatever your size is going to be, like green beans, whatever, broccoli, whatever. So because people never tasted your food before, this is what I suggest you should do for those who want to get into the catering business, right? You make samples of what you are going to be selling as the cater- as the person who's the caterer. So if you like I said, you, you got chicken as one of your proteins. You got let's say turkey wings. Let's say meatloaf. Uh, let's say let's say ham. You know Easter's coming up, so let's say ham, right? So the person you know normally caterer does 
you get a protein two sides, or they might be a protein with three sides, you know, depending on how they're doing it. And being that people tasted your food before, you do sample plates of what you will be making. You know what I'm saying? You do sample plates. Of course, you can make people what they want to serve at this place, at whatever their, their event is, but you do sample plates so that people could taste your food, and that's how you would get hired. Or you might just want to sell plates and make money from the selling of plates. Selling all, people have never eaten your food before. You make sample plates so they could taste what your cooking is like. If they like you, they, they will support what you're doing. If you're a baker, you know, people might be looking for desserts for an event. You make sample desserts and let the people taste it. So if they want like a pumpkin pie or a sweet potato pie, um, depending on what type of event it is, they might want some cookies. So you can, you know, you can make cookies that can t- if they like it. You know, they use you. These are, you know, these are things you could do to put extra money in your pocket, or that's something you really want to do as a business. You could be a private chef if you love, like I said, for a person who loves to cook. You could be a private chef for a family where mom and dad work and they're too, they're, they work long hours that they're not home in time to be able to make dinner. So hiring you as their private chef, you will have dinner ready so the kids can eat. And when mom and dad come home, there's a plate set aside for them. Or, or if, you know, people are trying to, you know, lose weight, so they do the meal prep. You can do meal prep for people who are trying to lose weight. Or, like I said, for someone who works long hours that when they get home, they don't have time to cook for themselves, you can do meal prep. Where meal prep for them for a whole week to where you take one protein and make, let's see, we got seven days of the week. They might not need you for Saturday and Sunday, but from Monday through Friday. So you, you say, so for five days out of the week, let's say chicken is your protein, and you can you can meal prep a chicken meal for whoever for for the five days out of the week. Mm-hmm. So it could be five different chicken dishes that you make for them. This is ways of making extra money. Yeah, this is ways of making extra money. Right. 
if you want to or if you want to switch your job because you know you like whatever job you're working now is stressing you out. So you want something that's less stressful? You can do that. So I got some trivia for you, Six. Let's see how good you are. All right, let's go. Let's see. Okay, here. My thing is loading, so let me find. Let me find a good trivia question for you. Here we go. Okay, it's loading. This thing is loading so slow. Which company funded the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Is it Nestle? Say that again. Which which company funded the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Is it Nestle, Quaker Oats, Hershey, Kellogg's? Which company funded the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, wow. You are right. I thought you got that wrong. <laughs> so it says, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a 1971 film based on Ronald Dahl's beloved 1964 novel, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Quaker Oats, which had no previous experience in the film industry, purchased the rights to the book to finance the film for the purpose of promoting a new Quaker Oats Wonka bar. Although Quaker Oats did indeed develop a Wonka bar, the company was not satisfied with the resulting product, and it was pulled from the store shows upon the movie's release while the film was Quickly well received, it was a financial disappointment. So they brought the rights to the book to make the movie because they were putting out a candy bar, which didn't do well in the store. And I remember the, I remember there being a Wonka bar. I remember that it was a purple wrap. Yeah. It was purple wrapper with gold writing that said Wonka. I remember that. 
I never ate it, but I remember that. <laughs> I thought it was purple. I thought it was purple with yellow letters. That's what I thought. No, I think because remember, uh, Charlie the Chocolate Factory. In order to get to the Chocolate Factory, you had to have the golden ticket. So let, let's try another one. Let's see if you, but you got that right. I thought she was gonna get that one wrong. I really thought you was gonna get that one wrong. Let's try another one. And that was one trivia question? No, I got another one for you. What Dutch artist painted girl with a pearl earring? Was it Claude Monet? Frida Cajon? Georgia O'Keeffe? Or what Dutch artist painted Girl with a pearl earring. Was it Claude Monet, Frida Kahlo, Georgia O'Keeffe, or Jonas Vermeer? And the question was what best artist? Dutch artist painted. So if you, the paint, if you, and I'm trying to. How can I describe the painting? The painting is, it looks like she has a scarf around her head with a ponytail, and then there's uh, an earring in one ear. So you go away as your choice. That's wrong. The answer is, the girl with a pearl earring is in all you painting. Created by Dutch artist Jonas Vermeer in 1965, uh, no, in 1665, this masterpiece portrays a young woman wearing an exotic turban and a large pearl earring. The enamored expression on her face captivates viewers, inviting speculation about her identity and the nature of her gaze. Vermeer's meticulous attention to detail, subtle use of light and shadow, and masterful handling of color lend a sense of intimacy and mystery to the painting. This iconic painting inspired a best-selling novel and film with the same name. Okay, let's see. Let's let's give you one more. Here we go. One more, one more. 
Let's see here. Okay, this one you should know. This one you should know. Elton John re-recorded Crocodile. Oh, I'm about to say Crocodile. Elton John <laughs> re-recorded Candle in the Wind in 1997 to honor who? John Lennon. Princess Die. Princess Die. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Henry and uh, uh, Princess Diana. Says in 1997, the world mourned the tragic loss of Princess Diana, a beloved figure known for her greatest compassion and humanitarian. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. <clears throat> a humanitarian effort in a poignant gesture of tribute. The iconic musician Elton John undertook the task of re-recording his Thomas Battle, Candle in the Wind, originally written in honor of Marilyn Monroe and dedicated to Princess Diana with poignant, with poignant lyrics that encapsulated both her public persona and the private struggles she faced. John's rendition captures the collective of grief of millions of worldwide. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. So you only you got one wrong out of three. One out of two out of three. That's not bad. Let's see if I can find another one. We still got some time. Let's see if I can find another one. And see if you get it. Okay, here we go. Since this part, since yesterday was the observance of President's Day, let's see if we get this one. Which U.S. president did not die on Independence Day? Was it Thomas Jefferson, Calvin Coolidge, John Adams, James Monroe? Which U.S. president did not die on Independence Day? Thomas Jefferson. Calvin Coolidge, John Adams, or James Monroe? Uh, Coolidge. You said Coolidge? Let's see if you can write. You are correct. Okay. It says Independence Day. It's not only America's birthday, but it's also the day that an American president is most likely to kick the bucket. That's right. The 4th of July has the strange distinction of being the day that three American presidents have passed away. Providential twist. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died within hours of one another on July, on July 4th, 1826. The 50th anniversary of the Declaration's passage. James Monroe died exactly five years later. Only one president, Calvin has been born. Has been born on the 4th of July. So he was born on the 4th of July, but didn't die on the 4th of July. 
Like the other president. Well, you got three out of four. That's not bad. The only one you got wrong was the painting one. So the other three you got right. And it is that time for us to say goodbye here on Sips and Roll. We appreciate that you join us every Tuesday. When thank you, we thank you, thank show. you. We'll be back next Tuesday with another great show. And tomorrow, like I said, I'm going to start on radio. It's a promotive as a show. And on Six Sides Radio, we have the Children's Bible Study. And what's the number to the station for the Children's Bible Study 6? 515 And at 9 p.m. on the same station, Truth of the Matter with Doug Quick, 9 p.m. Eastern. 8 Central and 6 Pacific, only on the 6 Hours Radio Network. And 90 seconds. At 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you, got, you could say adult Bible study at 7 p.m. And the number for that is 424-243-9617. If you want to join in. Yep, and both shows are done by Missionary Ken. Seconds. Yipper. So I will see you later on for the indie experience where you can never but the best in indie music. And we're going to say peace, one love, we appreciate you. Bye-bye now. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.